Hello, and welcome to Second Helpings, a Grace Fellowship podcast designed to serve up another round of insight and application from our Sunday morning corporate worship gatherings. Pull up, dig in, and get filled as we take another taste of God's greatness. All right, Nathan, so John 21, we wrapped it up this week, landing, uh, landing the plane there, um, three weeks in. We got to talk about God's will, I think, to me, was the big thing that came across. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was interested, and I want us to talk about this a little bit. I was interested by how many people said either I struggle with that, or that was really relevant, or uh, I guess maybe doing it for so long, maybe being in some of the environments that I've been in, maybe I took it for granted that that's always kind of a hot topic button for people. Mm-hmm. Um, hot top, hot topic button? That'll work. There we go. We'll go with that, right? Bob's your uncle. That's right. Um, (laughs) You got to go back a couple episodes for that. Um, But but seeing how it was so relevant to people, I thought we probably got a lot of stuff to talk about. And I know you couldn't cover it all there. Um, So I just want to start kind of how we typically do. Was there anything in particular, maybe some feedback you got from people? Pat's with us this week. Um, Maybe some things that you heard about. And really just kind of open it up to expand on this topic, how we did see it in John 21, but kind of how it fits the grand scheme for honoring the Lord in our lives. Well, I think one of the big things that's interesting is it's even in the Bible so that you've got Peter being reoriented, follow me, imperative, very clear. Mm. Then they get up, supposedly, probably start walking. John's following and Mm -hmm. he immediately has the inclination to say, well, what about him? Mm. And that fits our profile. That fits our profile of, okay, I get me, but what about him? I'm going to die for the faith. What about him? It's almost as like this sensationalism we'd love to know. And Jesus is very, very clear. Uh, that's none of your business, effectively. Mm-hmm. You follow me. And I think that the idea of the clarity of that, the power of that, the simplicity of that, is fundamentally exactly what Christians do. You Follow me. You're not responsible for the person next to you in church. You're not responsible for maybe uh, somebody across the room. Your role, primarily, fundamentally, day one, you follow me. And if if we get that, everything else goes downhill. But if we can't get that, and you're trying to put the thumb on other people, then that's a problem, just like we see in the life of, of Peter. So I think it's incredibly instructive. I, well, I find it to be incredibly liberating. Like, not that I'm like, I'm not going to care about anybody else or not be concerned, but the idea of it helps me to know where to limit my concern. Like I can be concerned at some point to help somebody and grow in Christ's likeness. But at Mm -hmm. some point they have they have to be able to approach the Lord and say, Lord, I'm I'm doing what's going to honor you. And they're accountable for it. I'm not. Mm -hmm. And for somebody with my personality, that that, that's incredibly liberating. Yeah, I think it should be liberating for everybody. Uh, but I think the challenge is, is we all have a tendency to sort of look into the lives of other people. And there mm-hmm. comes an appropriate place when it comes to the one of those of Scripture. Yeah, I yeah. have a responsibility to brothers and sisters in my church. But unless I get that first step down towards, okay, how am I following Christ individually? I don't earn the right to then speak into the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. So I've got to have that cemented, that understanding that my first and primary relationship is how am I following Christ? Then... As I'm moving through that, living that passion out, then I can encourage other people in the same. And that encouragement might be uh, confronting somebody over sin, how they're not following. It could be just trying to encourage somebody uh, in a weakness that they have. It could be just in Scripture going, hey, think about God like this, or mm-hmm. isn't it amazing on Christ like this? Mm-hmm. But that first step is just pivotal. Yeah. 
Well, I, there's, there's a number of things we can get into, but I actually want to be a little selfish here. During the message, I was working the booth this week, so I was able to type out some stuff while you were going and real easy. I actually had some questions that I thought about oh, that might be good for us to, um, to be able to have some conversation. Um, so one of the ones, I'm just going to read this first one here. It says, could it be that people want to get seemingly concerned with finding God's will because it puts them in a position to determine what it is? Mm. Scripture is objective. People can disagree on what its objective mm. truths are, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it cannot be reasonably argued that Scripture is not trying to be objective. <laughs> mm-hmm. However, if I can put God's will into my area of authority, now I can get a little bit sideways with it, right? I give myself yeah. the position of being God in my life. That's some of the feedback that I got from my family. And I think it's because mm-hmm. of the fall retreat that we did in the winter this year which is called Road Trip. I just happened to, in God's providence, be wearing the shirt for the road trip. It was not It's planned. like promoing a past oh, event. Yeah. <laughs> Order one nice? now in the lobby. That's right. And I make a dollar for every sale. But, um, <laughs> He's joking. I don't. Yeah, I don't say that. You know, <laughs> the, the whole point was trying to figure out what is God's will, not just for my life, but what is it? And mm-hmm. I got a quote here that I wanted to read because um, it's a good one. It's from Kevin DeYoung's book called uh, Just Do Something. So the will of God is one of the most confusing phrases in Christian vocabulary. Sometimes we speak of things happening according to God's will. That's one way. Other times we talk about being obedient to the will of God. And then still other times we talk about finding the will of God. The confusions, because we use that word three different ways. And I contend, and I think Kevin does too in scripture as well, the first two ways are biblical. The last way is an unbiblical thing. It is not our job, as you, your analogy, what color do I paint the bathroom? I need to find God's will because purple is perhaps in his will, but blue is not wrong. Do I have the funds to pay for this paint? Is my wife on board with it? For whatever reason, she might not be, and I should seek some counsel you know, and work through it if she's adamantly opposed to painting it at all. But if those things are good, Man, I can do a purple and blue checkerboard. It doesn't matter. So it's not this hidden mystery. It's not a corn maze where we got to get our way out to find it. It's just, as Augustine would say, love God and then do what you want. Yeah. Now, that's a, a potentially dangerous statement. Well, that's I've got that as a question. I want to flesh that part. I want to flesh that out a little bit because yeah. I will say something like that. And maybe it's just because of my personalities and people will challenge me on this. They'll go, oh, so you're saying don't put any thought into anything. Like you can do whatever you want. But, but especially if you knew Augustine, like where he's coming from, that's definitely not what I'm going to say. Well, it's interesting. Somebody said that to me. So they said, doesn't that seem to be too basic? I said, it's only too basic if you're minimizing the amount of words. In other words, the concept, love yep. God. Oh, no, that's not basic. <laughs> that's not basic at all. In other words, just because there's not a lot of words involved does not mean it is right. absolutely earth-shaking. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that Americans... It's almost like if something's heavy, it's valuable. Mm. If it's complicated, it's valuable. Mm. Uh, electronics. In other words, something can be incredibly short, yeah. but mind-bendingly mm. uh, helpful and profound. Uh, love God. Live as you please. Mm. You love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Well, that's that's not a whole lot. <laughs> but if you think about it, yeah. it's everything. Yeah. I say all the time. It's, it's not... It's not complex, right? It's simple, sure. but that doesn't mean it's easy, right? right? So I think that's a big, like that idea it's huge. to love God is not, it is simple, but mm-hmm. it is not just an easy thing. That's an all-consuming yes. 
uh, passion that we're supposed to have. Not passion, passion, directive. I mean, everything is supposed yep. to revolve And that's that. the one of the two ways that scripture uses his will, right? You got the will of decree. Mm -hmm. There's other words for it. I don't mean <clears> on that, but that's when God, he just makes it happen. He spoke, it existed. Mm -hmm. Everything that happens is part of God's will of decree. Mm -hmm. Then you got his will of desire. That's his revealed will. Don't sin, don't cheat, don't steal, don't lie, and all the rest of it. And I can either be in his will as I don't cheat and I don't steal and I don't lie, or I can be out of it. And so that love God part of the frame from Augustine, um, that is all the commandments, the prohibitions yeah. and the exhortations that are also commands. Yeah. I, I, as long as I'm doing all that, paint your bathroom mm -hmm. or, or watch that movie or go to that thing, go on that vacation. Well, and that's where, I, that's where I think we get into the idea of when, we say, when we're saying about discovering God's will or finding God's will, there is a sense in that where we would say, absolutely, you find God's will in the word. Mm -hmm. Like you need to know the Lord yeah. and then you can go about loving him and doing as you please. Yeah. And if you say, well, I don't know what the Lord had me do in this situation. I, most of the times that's because you don't know the Lord well enough. So I, I say all the time, you get back in the word, actually just study, don't just read. But until you get to that point to where you know the Lord well enough to make a decision, mm -hmm. have brothers and sisters that can give you wise counsel, that yep. you're around, right. being influenced by those things. Don't spend your all time being influenced mm -hmm. by the gram or whatever's popping up yep. on YouTube or whatever. Yep. Be influenced by people that are in the word and then you do your best to honor the Lord in the situation. Yeah. You know? I, I think one of the problems is even setting it up from some of the quotes that people were having are that one author was saying, yeah, you know, the beginning of the message. Yeah, yeah. Should I get my Christmas tree on yeah. Saturday or Friday? I think That's God crazy. wanted me to do Saturday. We went on Friday and we got in a snowstorm and almost had a bad situation. I think the reason why people frame God's will within that dynamic is because they want to know it so bad. Mm -hmm. They want to manage it. Mm -hmm. And if they don't want life to be hard. So if they're in the center of God's will, that means it should be butterflies and candy It's almost canes. like a dot to dot for what action to do next. Yeah, in other words, there's a sense of which I don't want to think, just tell me. That's right. Uh, I, I want a great life. I don't want anything to risk having a great life. And that might be missing God's will. So they create this framework mm -hmm. that is just ridiculous. And what they're doing is missing life. Yeah. Because they're trying to make God so manageable. The joy in the journey with Christ is, every day is this adventure by which you follow after Christ, you believe him to be true, no matter what you find, whatever you encounter, you go, God is going to give me the grace necessary to move through this. That's the locus of right. the, the fact that that's the life. Mm -hmm. And if I manage it, I know this and I know this and I know this, it's as if you're draining the relational dynamic out of it. Mm -hmm. So the thing that person wanted is actually the thing they're abandoning. That's mm -hmm. right. Because as you, as you live that way, should I get my tree on Friday versus Thursday? Should I go purple versus white? What you're doing is you're focusing uh, so much or maybe even all of your attention on non-moral choices. Mm. And scripture is like, knock yourself out. I don't mm. care, God. It's Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Are you honoring your wife? Yeah. Are you still yelling at your kids? So it takes our attention and focuses it on non-moral choices. Yep. The second thing, it implies that our God's sneaky, that he's playing this mm. game. You've got to find totally. me. The, it's out there. The sweet spot for your life, it's out there, bro. Mm. But you just got to figure it out. And it will kind of, yes, but it's right in here. Yeah. Just do what I tell you to do. And I'm going to call you to suffer just so we're clear and experience persecution. And you got to pick up your cross and follow me. And you got to rejoice and pray that the will of God is associated with all of those phrases in scripture. Yeah. And then lastly, what it does is it undermines personal responsibility Yeah. because oh, God, God told me to do it on Friday. It's his fault. And no, I chose to go get my tree on Friday to roll with that analogy. And I got caught in the snowstorm and Dang, that stinks. Uh -huh. But God is sovereign. It was yeah. part of his plan for me to get into this snowstorm. For whatever reason, I may never know. Yeah. 
but it, it just undermines so much about who God is, his character, and our responsibility to him. And it's just, it's a really bad way, yeah. at best, to try to live the Christian life. It kind of reminds me of, it kind of reminds me of Adam, post-fall, when God's doing like oh, the yeah. recon. You. Well, the, the woman you gave me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the woman in you, God, is not me. Yeah, there was expressed will of God in this thing, and he decides yeah. you know, not to do it. And I think we fall, not to say fall victim to it, because I don't want to shove the responsibility, right. but we do the same thing, and I think we go, oh, well, that obviously wasn't God's will. Well, maybe you were just boneheaded in what you did. Yeah. Or maybe you weren't, maybe, like, well, it was God's will that I got arrested and lost my license when I was doing 120 down the highway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's on you, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can pervert that all sorts of ways. Yeah. And I think fundamentally, if something leads to freedom and worship, and they're really together, together. yeah. Um, then you get it. But if it gets to the point, though, somebody's speeding and they go, oh, that's God's will, I got a ticket. Nah, thanks for playing, you got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's not the way to approach this. Yeah. And I think that's the, the amazing thing about it. The Following Christ is like you can get knee deep like in the ocean or you can go out in the middle of the Pacific and goes deep and never get to the mm-hmm. bottom. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there's a sense in which the new believer wades into this trying to figure out, okay, what is God's will? And you say, it's follow me. Yep. Yep. Then as they get uh, more mature, they understand the implications of what that looks like in this job or that job or in this community or that community, this family, in this church. So the implications runs out, but fundamentally it starts there. And then as we talked about in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it kind of works itself out in the triad of dynamic uh, there that Paul kind of breaks down some 24 Mm -hmm. years after the John 21 thing. He kind of takes this idea of follow me and he breaks it down into what that looks like in the life or should look like in the life of a Christian in Rome. And so I I just think that it's incredibly helpful. And no, if it's producing anxiety, it's producing manipulation, it's producing bondage, it's producing legalism, you go, I'm missing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Friesen uh, has written a great book. I'm yeah. sure you've read it. I, yeah. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have, but Decision Making in the Will of God. It's a tome. It's yeah. thick, but it's an easy read. It's got a lot of charts and, and, yeah. and graphics in it. It's not just all words. But uh, in the book, and then as an appendix, he's got this thing called the Way of Wisdom or the Path of Wisdom. Mm-hmm. And the students found this immensely helpful because we still do have to make decisions yeah. that are non-moral. Do I go to Georgia or Oregon? Yeah. Well, clearly Oregon. No. <laughs> you know, let's not do the bathroom killer because I don't think I need to seek counsel from three friends and pray about it. Although I can, yeah. if it's that big of a deal, my bathroom color. But these bigger ones. Number one, he says, it's not rocket science where God commands obey. If his word says you cannot go to school X and it's in the scripture, then guess what you can't do? You can't go to school X. You got all the other schools, but clearly that's not the case. All right, so you can go to any school you want. Number two, where there is no command, this is the frightening part. God gives us the freedom and the responsibility, and he will hold us responsible for our choices. Number three, though, where there is no command, here we go. God gives us wisdom to choose. The wisdom comes from the word. That wisdom comes from him through prayer and the spirit that infills us as Christians. And that wisdom comes through buddies or peers or those Mm -hmm. who are older and wiser. Or if you're a young person, your parents. All of those things, those people in those groups factor into your decision. If they're all saying X and you still want Y, you have the freedom to make that Y choice if it's not against God's word. And then when you have chosen that... What is moral and wise? You gotta trust the sovereign God. It's part of his plan. I wanna highlight something you said that's really yeah. important, I think, that people could think about the the spirit's role in me making these decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and the reason being is I think you, you, you gotta be careful because you don't want to use the spirit as a cop-out, right? That's right. Because then I get the whole thing. Is that the spirit of God or is that the pepperoni pizza I had at lunch? And all those <laughs> kind of things. 
Um, so how do we balance knowing mm-hmm. I feel compelled? This is uh, this is, seems like something that's happening within me. It seemed to be led by the Spirit. I know the answer that I want to get from this, but I want to fish a little bit. Like, how do we know that's the Spirit's leading, or how can we be confident in that? Well, I mean, if if it is in alignment with what Scripture has expressly yeah. revealed, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. then it is the will of the Spirit. If it is a non-moral choice, Georgia versus Tech, you might not get a leading or a prompting or whatever Christianese word you want to put in there from the Spirit. You might, but if all your parents, well, all, I hope you just have two, but if your parents and all the other people in life say, tech's better for you, dude, for 25 different reasons, you can still go to Georgia. You're free to do that, yeah. but accept the consequence. You get there at year two and it stinks. You're like, dang, that dirty track over there is so much better. Ah, <laughs> oh, they were right. Trust God that you're still part of his will of decree. That happened. Now it's part of your will that you did this because you acted, but it's all part of his plan ultimately. And that's where we rest in his sovereignty and the fact that he's good and he uses these things to conform us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. I think that's like a funnel. See, truth of God's word. And then you go to John 16, 14. So the Holy Spirit's role is he'll take from me and make me known to you. So the idea is, is that the fingerprints of the Holy Spirit, just like at a crime scene, you can't see the criminal. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's a criminal. But the idea (laughs) is that uh, it makes much of Christ. And this is important because I think the Bible is such a huge subject uh, that you might go, I'm not totally sure, but let's say we go into a worship service and you go, how was the worship service? I hear this from people, like if you're at a conference and you ask somebody, hey, how was the worship? Oh, it was great. I love that song. I love this. Did you see that? Oh, that was perfect. The way the video and the lights. And it was just a great experience. Uh And there's no mention that you're overwhelmed with the beauty of Christ. That's, and then you go, was the Holy Spirit there? Because it's explicit, Christ says. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit makes much of me. So if somebody walks out going, isn't the Holy Spirit great? Oh, I just love the Holy Spirit. I'm like, Hold on a second. The Holy Spirit's not even interested in that. He's interested in making yep. much yep. of Christ. And so it could be immaturity. I, I get that. But I do think it's important for people to grow up and say, mm-hmm. and be discerning. Because I think people will be much more edified in a worship service if they, I try to do this, take the lyrics as you're singing and Mm -hmm. run them through Christ. So I've said this before, when I close my eyes, I'll imagine biblical themes. And so what I'll do is I'll just take a truth of scripture and I'll marry it to the lyric or whatever it's talking about. If it's talking about Christ coming back, I'll imagine revelation. Mm-hmm. Or if it's talking about Jesus Christ leaving us but empowering us, I'll imagine that's either the Great Commission or loving one another. I'll imagine Christ loving lepers. Mm-hmm. Or, and I'll, I'll picture the biblical scene. So I go to John 5 or I'll go to Revelation 21 and in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I, I, oh, it's almost like a movie theater. So I'm, I'm singing, but I'm, I'm like looking into it. That's like active meditation. Yeah, that's for, for that's, people want to get yeah, a handle on what that word means. Yeah. That's important, and that's where honestly I think um, it's a, like a serve a communion within the service, and yeah. that's the way mm-hmm. for me to move away from all the stuff. So like whenever there's uh, lyrics on the screen or something gets messed up, often I have no clue because I'm really not there. Mm. But it's not mystical, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. want the spirit yep. and truth yep. has got to be married. So if I'm if somebody is singing, you know, twenty times one verse and the lights are down and everybody is bopping and they're excited and singing over and over again, if if there's there's a spirit, but if there's no truth married mm-hmm. to it or the the lyrics mm-hmm. are just so inane, yeah. uh, I, I just think you just you're hampering your people. Mm-hmm. It's engaged meditation, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's you are meditating upon these truths and what this is, but you're engaged completely. Yep. Oh yeah, what you're totally. Doing. I think I totally know I robbed this from somewhere from probably some Puritan back in the day, but talking about the spirits leading 
is if you're aware of the Spirit's role, mm-hmm. just to make much, right? Just this, this really this proclamation of the fame of God, mm-hmm. um, and that's what the Spirit's doing. And then you're also adding the word to be Spirit-led is to be use the word to make much of God. That that's what it means to be Spirit-led. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's great. You put those two things together, and you try to break that down, and you go, well, I don't, I don't know if I. If I can do that, I don't know if I know the word well enough to be led by the Spirit. Well, it's, it's great. You live in America where we've got thousands of yeah. available texts to you and tons of time. And and I would encourage, get better at it. I would encourage that person too. Yeah, maybe you couldn't cite one reference book even where that thing or the theme is from. If you've been in church at all a little bit and you are a follower of Christ, you do have some truth in your head. Absolutely. So don't sweat. Where is it from? Who wrote this? What chapter? Yeah. Just... God is good, and you're singing this song, Good, Good yeah. Father. Just imagine that. Yeah. This bountiful God handing stuff out, or whatever the case may be. For me, when I'm in the worship service, it's when I open my eyes that I get most geeked up mm. for Christ because I imagine the marriage supper of the Lamb or Revelation 5 where we're mm. all praising Him. Mm-hmm. That's why I like that we have our lights up mm-hmm. so we can see one another. Yeah. And it's not just me and Jesus. It's Jesus and His bride. Yeah. I'll say, let me give you a yeah. quick peek behind the curtain. You know it's like to be a worship leader on stage? And you open your eyes and you see people oh, out there people, yeah. and you know, like you see somebody, you know what they're going through. Like maybe it's yeah. like, and you just can't, you know, like you're not necessarily they're dancing or whatever. It, it, they might not even be doing nothing much, but they're opening their mouth and proclaiming God's glory with the rest yeah, of the people. Yeah. And then you got to try to keep it together on the yeah. mic. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's a, it's a uh, great blessing, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, it's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing to see. Uh, you said something else, Pat, that was uh, leading to one of my questions. Mm-hmm. And I think it lines up. Talking about you know God's will is suffering, it's that oh. you're going to be persecuted. Mm-hmm. I thought is maybe one of the question reasons that we question God's will is because we simply don't like it. Yes, like I've read the text, it's there, and I go, well, I don't know about all this. I was counseling a man one time with another elder, and he told me it was God's will for him to leave his wife. <laughs> it was the Spirit leading him, and I said it might be the Spirit, but it's not the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. It's the Spirit, spirit. Yeah. The, the, the devil, and so we twist things all the time to make them uh, comport to what we want. Because we're, as Calvin said, you know, giant idol factories. I'm, I'm the center. Yeah. I'm the God. Yeah. And I know a lot better than Yahweh does, just like Adam did. When in fact, we don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, that's the problem. That's why humility is stressed all throughout Scripture, everywhere. When we humble ourselves, mm-hmm. we realize who we are, what we deserve. We realize who he is and what he is saving us from and to. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes... Um, slowly, day by day, you know, two steps forwards, one step back, right? Yeah. But a joy to, to follow him, a joy mm-hmm. to forsake X or Y, to pick up this cross there or here for his glory and ultimately knowing that it's also for my good. Yeah. yeah and I think I think it's really, again, come back to simplicity. He tells Peter, follow me. James says, draw near to God, no draw near That's to right. you. Which mm-hmm. is amazing because let's imagine, hey, funny, I get a use out of this. Uh, <laughs> That's great. God's there, not moving. So when I draw near to God, what's happening? He's drawn near to me. He never moved. (laughs) And I think that's the thing that people don't understand is that the thing that wants to get in the way is the way the world thinks, the way maybe a speaker on TV or on the internet, a podcast or some type of vain philosophy. But God is there. Mm -hmm. If you draw toward him in spirit and in truth, he draws near to you, not that he comes close, but he's never left. And I think that's the thing. We've got to make sure we have pathways that are grace and truth bound. And that comes into the whole church dynamic. That Mm -hmm. comes into godly leadership, especially when people are immature. Tell them, go, let, hey, listen to this guy. Don't listen to this guy. Yeah. Uh, pay attention to this. Hey, develop this in discipline. Even when it comes to worship, if, if someone's struggling in worship and lack of focus or they want to consider the idea of how do I close my eyes and thematically do that, 
Go talk to somebody who does yeah. that. Ask that question. How do you do that? And just incrementally on this song, what do you think about it? And have that person direct you to scripture. Mm -hmm. yep. And and I think that's, uh, we've got gold of mature, older believers yep. who've walked this path. But in spirit of America, the West, is we think we can do it on our own and we yep. do the Lone Ranger thing. It's just very, very foolish. So yeah. if someone's having a hard time with that, um, take into that into consideration. Be very careful the way you try to leverage the spirit to almost, it's its very tribal, it's very spooky, it's very mm. uh, just not what the Bible says. Yeah, yep. I think it's good to think about too, when you're going to people and asking things, and they might not just give you like the pointer, so like here's three these three steps or whatever. Because I know in a lot of ways, my, my brain works differently from some stuff, but it's because the input that I've gotten from going to other people, I've been able to go, okay, what's the principle behind what they're saying? And is that something I can resonate with, mm -hmm. right? Like we were talking recently, but I struggle yeah. with in messages, like taking notes or whatever. But this question thing has been really helpful for me to yeah. come away with the point. N nobody told me to do that, but it was a couple of different inputs that made me think, well, let me let me do this. Yeah. And it kind of starts to bless me in a way I didn't think about before. But if I don't engage with other brothers and sisters, yeah. I got no wisdom being spoken into. Yeah. So one another is not always the mature guy going to the less mature guy. Part Absolutely. of it is the immature guy realizing, Hey, I need to grow in this area or that. I'm going to go ask this guy or that gal because yeah. I see them as someone who's more mature. So reach out, brother, reach out, sister, to another person and ask this question or for this technique or that tip, yeah. whether it's parenting, husbanding, wifing, worshiping, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize that there's different uh, different ways people access. Like for you, you talk about the questions. I don't know if you take notes. I don't. Yeah, you don't see. We would be incredibly opposite. Mm -hmm. Like my head's down the whole time if somebody else is speaking. My head's down. I'm taking notes because there's a methodology that I write things out and my brain starts going through these themes. But I'm listening the whole yep. time, mm -hmm. and so I can't imagine not yeah. taking notes. Which is wild because I know when I look around, I see you, yep. and I just go, "Is he paying attention?" Well, clearly you are. But. Okay. <laughs> well, which is crazy because well, if he isn't taking note about anything else, he can't remember it. Yeah, <laughs> he can't remember it. I mean, it's so focus on the text. Yeah. And I have my, my Bible open. I'll look at the scripture and yeah. check this verse or that yeah. verse. But I try to just listen and really focus in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so so cool. So okay, I, got, I want to ask another question here, um, and it's similar to what kind of something we've been talking about, but because I wrote my questions down, <laughs> I already use them. You yeah. win the prize. There you go. Could it be that we question God's will as clearly revealed in Scripture because we have troubles? incorporating it with our own. If God's revealed will seems to be at odds with the things we have determined to be valuable, <laughs> we can either change those values or manipulate the revealed will of God to align with our predetermined values. Yes. <laughs> there we okay. go. Let yeah. us pray. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Every, every time we sin, we do that. Yeah. Every time we sin, we say, my way, not yours, God. I choose yeah. me over you. Yeah. It started with Adam, and it's every time yeah. I do anything that's wrong and sinful. Right. So, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's the high wire. So yeah. the high wire is I fall this side and make God something he's not. In that sense of redirecting him so I can achieve it. On this side, I make him achievable and manageable. So therefore, I think that you got to just be generally careful. And I think that in, in America, I think we have a tendency, as I mature in Christ, I will feel him more. Mm. I actually yes. think it's very opposite. Mm. In other words, if you're a missionary, uh, well, let's look at Adoniram Judson. Um, he's not going to feel the death of his first wife mm. and the second wife. In other words, he's not going to feel God in the sense of his joy. So he's got to apprehend his joy through faith, not his feelings, mm -hmm. for his first wife, second wife, the ministry in Burma. It, God is trying to wean you off 
feeding on your feelings. Doesn't mean feelings aren't legitimate. Doesn't mean there's not a place. But you can't be oriented through your feelings. You can't find your your relational connectivity with God primarily based on your feelings. So he's weaning you off. So that's one of the reasons why difficulties come. So that you got to transcend the momentary difficulty and apprehend him by faith, not your feelings. Because your feelings are never going to want it. Oh, yeah. That's the, I mean, it's very, I mean, in marriage, and I know everybody's story could be a little different, but I, I think this resonates with a lot of folks. I, I mean, I had emotional uh high point at my wedding. Like the way that we had things worked out, I was sitting there and Lauren came around the corner and there was the middle aisle. I didn't see her till that. And I'm immediately, like the Holy Spirit totally played a trick on me. I'm trying to keep it together. And I immediately think about the bride being revealed to Christ, like in the final time and all this stuff. You were a mess. Oh, I was, I mean, I'm keeping it together, but like inside I was losing it. Do you have video of that by the way? I don't think we do, no. no. But I did, I, I didn't break, but just the whole like first weeks and all that stuff, whatever, it was great and I, I was beautiful and i'm glad we had that i don't feel that way sure. like i did 18 years ago mm-hmm. i would never change the love i have for that's my right. wife now yeah, right. it is so deep and rich even though when i open the door this afternoon i might not get the same kind of butterflies as i did at the altar yes however it's still a feeling though and i totally agree yeah. with you oh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I get we yeah. should not be guided by our feelings not so crystal clear there. <laughs> How, however i'm always chasing the joy of Christ. Yeah. When I am in the text in the morning for my quiet time, when I'm listening to one of you guys preach, when I'm singing a song, because I mean, that's how Christ endured Absolutely. the cross for the joy, joy. Yeah. set before him. And so one of my favorite uh, little one-liner quotes is from Thomas Chalmers, you know, the expulsive power of a new mm-hmm. affection. Mm-hmm. And that's... I use that term all the time as I'm trying to see ways how I can fan the flames of my affections towards Christ and his beauty, yeah. which the Holy Spirit aids me in. But and to go back to your marriage, to seeing my wife the first time, that was crazy awesome too. But hardship and difficulties and all those things, I see God now in ways after I lost my job and my mm. career and my savings and was forced to go be a missionary against my will for two years. <laughs> I'm just, I'll tell you the story later, everybody. Stay but, tuned. Uh, yeah. The point is, down there, under that duress, he was never sweeter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't joyful, yeah. <laughs> just so we're clear. It got there, but he was never sweeter. He was never more real. Yeah. It was never more just close to me. So I, I think, but you're making a demarcation between feeling that's and right. joy. That's right. Even within that. Different types of feelings. Yeah, it's yeah. not all joy. Oh, oh no. And that's, that's what right. we'll talk but about. there's joy in considering something to be joyful because what it's producing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but I have to know some of the scriptural truths yeah, to totally, understand what the totally. end game is both yeah. in eternity and in my own life yeah and you had that use that word in that quote affections right yes which so since yep. pat's going to be promoting a um youth retreat that already happened student retreat that already happened i'm going to yep. promote a book that already happened go read religious affections religious affections by jonathan edwards read it once a year every year for the rest of your life you're like, but talking about really dealing with this idea of there is feeling, but feeling based on knowledge yeah. and what we know of God, that stuff is what leads to this true, genuine joy that yeah. cannot yeah. be. It's not know, a mere joy. feeling. It's not a feeling that we often in America, in the Western world, yeah. have that understanding. Yeah. I think in the Eastern world, it's much more attainable on, at a street level view. I think okay. the idea of affection, joy, you've got to really work that. That's why affection, I think, is so helpful yeah. mm-hmm. because it's so strange. you got to yeah. define it to make it understandable. So it's not mere emotion. And... Uh, if, if, if somebody's just like an automaton, they're just reading scripture and there's yeah. no emotion, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. That's just a problem because when you look at Christ, Christ in himself is, is proper theology applied in life and he was emotional. 
So if you say, oh, I'm never emotional, that really spiritual people aren't emotional. We just trust God and transcend emotions. But you clearly don't understand yeah. what yeah. we're talking about. And I'll say, I think it's interesting because you said Western world. I actually think developed world struggles with it just in general, which I know is generally yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. But because, and this is a whole other video, but I just think we're so distracted that sometimes we find these little things that feel like joy that kick off our synapse, you yeah. know, these little quick oh, pleasures. Yeah, totally. um, and I think that's, I'm not saying everybody has to sell their stuff, go out into the woods and live the old, you know, country. If you want to, let me know. Maybe we could get a compound together. But I'm just saying, I think there's that those distractions that are mm -hmm. constantly going. It makes it harder for us. Um, and we need to be wise about them. True. Um, so, okay, I want to do that. I want to just end with a real, uh, well, I want to give you guys a chance to say something else, but I do want to end with something just being real practical. I want to do two things. One, we talked about how um, it's, it can be hard to follow God's will, right? Um, but I just want to give people encouragement. We got decades and decades of following Christ at this table. And I just know there's some things that were hard for me to follow God mm, in that's right. 20 years ago yeah. that are no longer difficult. That your testimony, mm -hmm. like there's things that you just, mm -hmm. you you make progress in, right? Yeah. Um, and then I, it gives me hope because I'm relatively young, I think. Maybe I still got some, you know, some meat left on the bones. You're kind of dissing us, guy? <laughs> yeah, I don't well, I mean, you guys so too. I think people keep telling Dude, me I'm he young. He is really old. Well, if it's, if it's the way you feel though, Pat's like 10 years younger than me. <laughs> but I think about it, it makes it's me like hope for the future that yeah, there's man. things I struggle with mm -hmm. now not wanting to follow the Lord and surrender yeah. to Him. And as we progress, uh, there's just, there's victories to be had along the path, I would think. No. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm, I've got like a Dewey Decimal system right. for us. <laughs> yeah. Allied Chronicle. I actually, one of the most profound ones, probably, this is stretching back a long way. So when I first came to know the Lord, I was really into rock or heavy metal. Mm -hmm. I was real. I mean, and incredibly immersed in that. You used to have the Aussie tats on your fingers, right? <laughs> <laughs> and a pigeon in the glove box. No, but so the idea is that I would, if I hear that, there would be this draw, just absolute mm. draw. And I remember for a long time, I associated that with my past life. Mm. So I just had to stay away from yeah. it completely. Now I hear about it here. I don't think at all, no, wow, same. that's awesome. I just, yeah. it's completely different. There was a gravitational mm. pull toward that that I was really sensitive to. And I don't think about that at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's probably maybe a small way, not very consequential to many people. But to me, it was Huge. enormous oh, yeah, at the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember learning about, um, I grew up in an environment where certain words were not bad words and other words were. And I remember going up to a Southern Baptist school for college. Ooh. And I wasn't like, I mean, I wasn't saying explicit words that would get you, uh, you know, yeah. R-rated. But there were some words that were just still a little not ready for the South Carolina foothills. But I remember people saying stuff and I'd be like, well, that's a them problem. And then as I start thinking, oh, wow, yeah. But as I'm following the Lord and trying to do this, mm. and if it's causing my brother to sin in something that's as foolish as a word, yeah. I don't think about those kind of, yeah. I don't think about using those kind of language or anything mm. at all anymore. Mm. Um, but there's still other things I think mm. about, you know? So there's progress to be had, yeah. and I think that's great. Indeed. Yeah. Like for me, I would say, I mean, it's a big one's pornography. Mm, yeah. When I was a young man in my 20s, having been in the military and all that, that was a big issue. Yeah. And I thank the Lord I struggled with that issue prior to the internet, because mm. I can imagine how oh, hard it is yeah. now. Mm. But I say this with great joy, that God has given me complete victory over mm. that for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, and so that is his power working in me. I used yeah. to be an angry driver, mm. angry driver. I would tailgate, flash, honk horns. I remember my dad, this is my mid-20s, being next to me with his eyes closed on the freeway. Mm. Just thinking, God, keep me alive. My <laughs> wife would sit over there. And, and now mm. you can ask all my peers. 
I get made fun of for being a grandpa. We do not let Pat Speed drive. 55, boy, pick it up. I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm doing 49. I'm those tranquilizers are working. <laughs> I say all that to give glory to Christ because that's him working in me, yeah. man. I still struggle with anger at my kids. I get frustrated at myself. I got tons of problems. Yeah. But in some areas, he has given me massive victory. Yeah. And I praise his name for that. Yeah. It's so good. So There's good. hope for yeah. guys who struggle with those kind of things. Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, there, yes, yes. There's and there's the hope in us following and that idea of God's will, knowing what it is, which is to glorify himself, by the way. Like, this is the ultimate right. end, is that God is displaying who he is. And as we're aligning our lives to honoring him and following that, there's victory to be had all by his grace and his mercy. Mm -hmm. One last final practical thing. How do I follow God's will? Just in a nutshell, how do we put that for people? I know you talked about it on Sunday. Yeah. But I mean, what's a simple maybe, I don't know, trying to ask if for a God's word is explicit about doing or not doing something, do it or don't do it. Hmm. If it's not. Get counsel from others and then follow good advice. Yeah. Actively do what you've been told to do in the Bible and what you believe to be true. So when it even comes to conscience. So let's say you've not come to the point you've digested enough of the word that if there's an inclination toward your conscience is sensitive, do that. Yep. Uh, always make sure you build that up. And over time, you'll grow deeper and deeper and deeper in your understanding and awareness so that uh, you, wherever you're at, you follow me and then God has wired you with your conscience is extension um, that you just treat people in way. If you feel convicted, go back and apologize. I think that's Romans eight, which talks about mm -hmm. put to death the misdeeds of the body. Anytime you do something that's wrong, whether that you knew it was wrong in scripture or in your own conscience, if it was offending somebody, go back and apologize. If it was taking something, go back and give it back. If it was stealing at work by not being productive, mm -hmm. uh, work longer. Mm -hmm. In other words, there's ways that you kill the expressions mm -hmm. of your flesh. Mm -hmm. But you have to actively do those things, mm -hmm. put to death the misdeeds of the body. It's the put on, put off of mm -hmm. Ephesians. Yeah. It's good. You know what I would say? I would say, love God and do what you want. Boom. Ah, there we go. Ah, we go with the Father. Ah, ah. I was able to bring like the mic drop for that, right? right. <laughs> Somebody said that. I think it was oh, okay. Somebody said yeah. it. Yeah. Well, fellas, this is great. I would encourage you guys as viewers. Um, I know this is a big topic. I, we talk about this kind of stuff and, you know, maybe six months from now, you're not thinking about it. You get caught up in it. We live in a world that is telling mm -hmm. us, find God's will, find God's will. We would say find God's will too. Hit the word, hit your knees, be with the body and do it. Right. So if you have any questions, talk to us, some of the other pastors, talk to one another. Um, you want, you, you, the desire that makes you say, I want to be in the center of God's will don't let that drive you on some kind right. of treasure hunt. Let that drive you to the Word so you can better know who He That's is. Right. And you will be in God's will. That's, that is That's how right. He's designed things to be. Yep. So thanks, fellas, for the time. Thank you guys for watching. We look forward to next time. And until then, we will see you later. Bye.